This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, good night, goodbye. Hello, wherever you are in the world, welcome along. This is LTID TV from Leicester Till I Die. Welcome along. Hope you like the new intro. Thanks, Potticino. I had to do that because you with, uh, called back uh, Cassidy. So I had to, uh, I couldn't have had the rest of the season looking at him on my intro, knowing that he was no longer playing for us. So thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that, mate. Uh, how are you doing? Hey, still basking the glory? 5 0. Our biggest win of the season could have been more. 
And I've got to say, fair play to the uh, Stoke podcast that uh, that came on last week because I had uh, done his show as well. And he messaged me and said, would I do uh, a post-match review of my thoughts on Stoke? Um, I did say when I sent it, was that okay? And he hasn't replied back for sort of like 30 hours. So I think I may just have upset him a little bit too much. Uh, but we're looking forward, um, never look back, and we're looking forward to Watford. Now, um, I thought that the Stoke fan was a little bit maybe pessimistic last week. Um, well, I was speaking to um, not the gentleman we've got in Pete, who's come in, who's joined us from um, some weirdly named Watford fan site, but we'll come to that later. I was speaking to his colleague earlier who actually went for the same score prediction as I went for, and I went for a Leicester win. So I think all is not well in the uh, in the Watford camp at the moment. Not bad, is it? Looking forward to it. Maybe another 5-0, who knows? Look, I jest, I jest, I jest. Nate, you in? Good evening, Nate. How the devil are you all? Good afternoon over there in the US of A. Scott is in. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? Hope all your family is well and your partner as well. Um, yeah, as it's got there, please smash the likes and subscribe to the channel. Um, well, let's welcome my guests in. First of all, you know, he's always here on the preview show. I never ask him. He just turns up. But he's, he's another year older. And my God, does he look it. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Good evening. Hi, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Another year older, a round, a rounded figure now. Well, a bit, bit like myself, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> if you are around, God knows what I am. I tell you, and I must admit, you're actually not looking too bad for seventy. So, um... <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey. What what if you can't give your uh, if you can't give your friends a few kind words? What can you do? But did you have a good one? Worst thing is, worst thing is, Chris. Uh, I'm 17. Obviously, you were uh, a couple of years older than me at school. So you're never supposed to remember that. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you had a good one though. Yeah. No, it was really good. Yeah, a really good uh, good weekend uh, overall. Yeah. No, it was good. Hopefully, um, that was bought for you apart from obviously the five goals against Stoke. Yeah, just just spending time with people, and uh, you know, I've got um, a few nice vouchers to go and spend to do stuff uh, for the rest of the year. And my, my son um, decided to buy me a, a voucher for a golf lesson as well. So uh, I think that may come back to to haunt him. To be honest. Well, I can say he's played golf with you, has he? And he's realised not for a long time. No, but he's he's sort of made noises about getting back into it. You know, we used to go down the pitch and put when he was a bit younger, but he never really showed much of an appetite, but, but he, he has recently, but I need to uh, spend all of that voucher on putting that. That's what kills me. So. Uh, I've but never, anyway. never, never liked the game, to be honest with you, uh, only because I'm crap at it. It's um, one of those, it's one of those sports where for one hole, you could play it as well as Tiger Woods. It's the other 17. The other problem. I I like the nineteenth though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just got to say, uh, Stephen is in. He says there's no sound. Um, I've just been thinking of anyone else hear us. And Nate said he can hear fine. So Stephen, it could well be your end. Um, look, 
before we came in, we were chatting with uh, with Pete, uh, who is the Watford fan that's joining us tonight. And he did say, and he did make the point, that sometimes you need certain things that sort of kickstart a change for your club. And yeah. maybe that semi-final of the um, playoffs um, was that. I blame my I blame my son totally. I was watching it with my with both my sons and myself and Simon was yeah go we got a penalty we got a penalty and Simon um, Sean my other son said yeah, we've got to score it first so I always always blame him. Pete, whatever happened after that game? Good evening. How the devil are you? Good evening. I'm over here. Uh, yeah, no, fine. Thank you very much. Very pleased. Very pleased uh, to be here. Thank you. Yeah, that that moment. The uh, the the obviously everybody remembers it as the Troy Deeney goal. Um, obviously, for, for us, Knockhart became a pantomime villain because he found that pocket of gravity in Vicarage Road that is very very heavy. Um, went down, and then obviously it was a double save, and it cleared up. Uh, you know, we've we've seen the the videos from the from you know obviously the Leicester side, the obvious absolute disappointment because for us it was this roller coaster that ended up in the right direction, mm. um, and for you guys it was the opposite end. We then went to Wembley and lost one nil um, to a goal scored by a Mr Kevin Phillips, who we might end up talking about at some point. Uh, yeah. Comment to both these parishes, but most people or most almost every Watford fan will say that we'll take that one crystallised moment uh, for us, which was just incredible. I mean, it was 30 seconds and everybody sees it. But, of course, the flip side is, I'm sure every time it comes on, you guys must have, oh, Christ. Forward wind, it was probably about nine months, I think, that when you came down to ours and you had, again, Nigel Pearson in charge, a knockout came down and blew us off the bleeding park and you did you did us 3-0. And some bright spark in the Watford PR department comes, decided they were going to play up that, that section um, and they had the the Harry the Hornet, um, our, our mascot, recreate the goal. And we were all sitting there. I mean, all football fans know it. You're all sitting there going, what are you doing? Don't do that. You'll annoy them. Why are you doing that? 3-0 later, of course, there you go. Of course, you went up. The rest is history, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, as I say, it's your bounce moment. You You kind of recovered from that beautifully. So, fair play. Well played. Craig, just before we come on to 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 to, to, to tell us where, where where you're from, Pete. Uh, Craig, sounds like Leicester's nine nil over Southampton when they came back to us after that uh, after that win. To be fair, I think our bounce was a little bit better. You know, getting promoted, going on and winning the league than their oh, beating us one nil, just a little. But... It was, but what I'm what I'm sorry, what I was getting at was was the fact that after we beat Southampton nine nil. They came to our place just before the teams came out of the stadium. They played all nine goals, yeah. and we were like, "Why are you doing yeah. that?" I think we lost. Was it two nil or three nil, something like that? I, th I thought it was one nil. I thought it was Danny oh, Ings. It might have been two nil, but um, I think the thing is, it shows a lot about your team and your club, doesn't it? That you can take a moment and you can collectively decide that that's not going to happen again, and then come back stronger. Because it would have been the easiest thing in the world. For Southampton to sack Arsene Hootel at, at that time, but mm -hmm. they didn't. They 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 saw a bigger picture. Obviously, it didn't work out longer term, but he was a decent manager for them. Um, but they galvanised themselves good enough to come back and uh, and get a win against us. So fair play to them for that. You know, but it, it does show you you can go one of two ways. And say it, it didn't work out that great for Watford, but I'm no. sure your time will come again. Um, um, Pete, 
tell everybody where they can find you. And it's at this, <laughs> at this point, it's at this point that you may want to go over to Pete's channel and leave a few comments. Nice any, comments. Any, any, good, any good sniper rifle will find me. That's fine. Um, yeah. We are we are do not scratch your eyes or D N S Y E underscore podcast on uh, on Twitter and we are on you know kind of and, and we can be found where you find all your podcasts and D N S Y E underscore podcast again on YouTube etc all all the normal stuff you know for for all of those uh, for all of those Leicester fans who are who are looking to enjoy the to the emotional turmoil of Watford fans we're there to service you no problem. Well, it's very kind of you. Uh, I'll save a few days in my diary um, <laughs> to be serviced. I'll make a note of that. Uh, Scott says, hi, Pete. Welcome to the channel. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, sir. Um, now, um, like I said, I was uh, doing the um, every, every five o'clock on, on uh, Thursdays now on TalkSport 2. The, is the, there is the EFL, uh, sorry, yeah, EFL. Um, yeah podcast show on TalkSport 2 um, when Do Not Scratch Your Eyes for Watford let myself for Leicester and, and other championship clubs go on and we have a bit of a chat don't we and, and, and a bit of a laugh and we, we got went on previewing this, the game earlier I mean <laughs> I'm trying to say, say this not sarcastically but was it Carl that was from, from your... It was from Carlos, your, yeah, Carl, 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 yeah. Like Carl, yeah um he didn't sound overly enamoured at the moment with Watford. Yeah, well, the, fun, the funny thing is, is the host of the EFL Network show um, on there is Justin. And there's the three of us. There's Justin, Carl and, and myself. And actually, Carlos is normally the kind of uh, reasonably optimistic one. Justin, who was who kind of hosts it. Now, he, if, he, if you've been speaking to him, cool, blimey. What a, what a trough of emotion you'd have been in there. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, not, it's not going particularly brilliant at the moment. We are, you know, we are in that. It's like it's like that difficult second album, isn't it? You know, the the second season after being relegated from uh, uh, mm. from the Premier League. If you don't bounce back, which obviously you would expect quite reasonably to be doing so, so you know, w well done and congratulations and enjoy that when when you when you get there, which I'm sure you shall. Um, we are in that kind of thing whereby. It, it, it's a little bit like you're on the Titanic and the lifeboats have already gone overboard and you're looking at the cello wondering if it'll float. That's that's kind of how we are at this minute in time. We've we've basically kind of jettisoned a number of players last season when we came down. Uh, this year, uh, literally today, the accounts came out and we are kind of, as, as we see the number of decent players that we have who we can make money on, we see the fact that we're trading at a, at a trading loss um, a, a, a pretty hefty one per week. And without those players to trade and to sell and therefore to kind of cover that, it's a sticky wicket. We've made some, we've made a profit this year, but you then look at the dwindling resources and go, well, we either have to mend that, that, uh, that hole in the bucket, or we have to go and find some players in order to carry on this trading model. So it, it's it's a difficult kind of one to one to fix. Do you save money or do you speculate to kind of grow it and kind of uh, build some profitability into into it and have a credible competitive team in the Premier League? Uh, sorry, in the in the Championship. Sorry, I should say. It, it, and hopefully, hopefully make a make a make make a charge for the Premier League at some stage. I mean, you've not known, and I, and I did make the joke, which which went down like pork at a Jewish wedding uh, on the talk show about. Uh, Watford being uh, up and down, and I, I know you'd have the, the the period in the Premier League, but I almost felt 
sorry for you guys earlier that I wanted to get Gary Lynn and just send the £10 back to Elton John to help you <laughs> out. But you're not particularly, you're not known as a, as, a, as a big spend club. And that, you know, you came up, well, after you went down, you came back up and then you went back down again. Uh, you didn't spend sort of any money to try and stay up. Why, why do you find yourself in this, this position? You have to you have to look at I mean you have to look at every club to, to actually see what its real traditional hardcore supporter base is, and we've probably got something like sixteen thousand support. You know we've got a twenty to twenty two thousand seater stadium, depending on how much the stewards allow you to fill all of the seats these days, because that seems to be whittled down at an increasing rate. But until Graham Taylor came in, and I appreciate when you talk to Watford, you either talk about Troy Deeney, you talk about that goal, we, we've done that, um, and you talk about Elton John and and uh, and, and uh, and, and Graham Taylor but until the Graham Taylor's uh, kind of uh, first period in the late 70s and early 80s we were a t- bottom two division side we were division four and division three south and north as it was in that split we'd only ever had four seasons in the top two divisions you know at that point that was our natural position. And they have changed that so that since they came along and since 1978, we have not spent more than two seasons outside of the top two divisions. We are Our natural place is a championship club if we are well, uh, if we are well run and we are kind of d- doing well. If something happens to kind of coalesce and really kind of the rubber hits the road, we've made kind of uh, a few little kind of uh, mountain climbs into the premiership, Had our basically had our asses handed to us on a plate and then been thrown back out again until the Potsos came along. And of course, the Potsos and Watford are ridiculed for firing a manager, you know, you know, put, put it this way, Hasselhoodle wouldn't have got to half time before being fired if he was a Watford <laughs> manager at that particular point. Um, you know, we, we do go through them like I go through hot dinners. And as you can see, I do a lot of hot dinners. <laughs> it's a question of, you know, we also have to acknowledge that whilst all of this strangeness goes on, five years in the premiership, you know, under Graham Taylor, our, our, our sum total of our stay in the top flight until he departed and went to Aston Villa, but we won't mention them, obviously, um, was six years in the premiership, two, uh, two FA Cup semifinals and an FA Cup final. Well, okay, we went up for five years, came down, went back up, but they got six years in the Premiership. We've had two semi-finals and we got a final, and then we obviously hit Manchester City on a, on one of the regular days when they would absolutely spank us senseless. But it's been, it has been that is success for Watford, um, and and for for clubs such as Watford, and you know the likes of you know carrying, carrying on that conversation, and Norwich, and indeed Leicester for quite some time. That was seen as success. But, of course, what you lot went and did was upset all of that by, by winning cups and glory and trophy and wonderfulness. Sorry. And stuff. Sorry. You know, well, no, you, you have become, you, you have become, um, and, and we mentioned, and obviously, to me, uh, you know, sorry to mention the tragedy, but we were the first away team to come up to your place after, you know, that dreadful incident with the helicopter crash. And obviously that was, and we have a, we have a, a guy called Roy Moore at Watford who runs a thing called the 1881 and it's like the supporting section and they do banners, everything. And he put out a, um, a GoFundMe because he said, look, here's the design. This is what we want to do. And for anybody who was there, it basically said, you know, uh, to, to Vishay and, and, and to Lester, thanks for allowing everybody to dream. And that's what you guys did. And that's what he did for, for you and more. And I appreciate, I know you have an appreciation of that, but at that moment it was actually, you know what? 
rivalry goes out of the window at that particular point. You need someone to play and you need some, you know, somehow to enjoy it. And that was how, how it felt. The GoFundMe for that went through the roof. And I think a lot of monies went to Leicester charities rather than because of the, you know, uh, and, and, and another banner for the, for the, for everybody else who was lost. Obviously, Vish, I got the, uh, got, got, got the main, uh, kind of attention quite rightly. So look, you've changed, you've changed the dynamic as to what can be expected, but that doesn't change what Watford is. And we are in essence, a championship club who has an owner that when they first came in, were doing things really radically, really differently. We were able to kind of enjoy this multi-club kind of model, um, but that was that was not you know 2012 2014. It's 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 now a little bit old hat and uh, and it's a bit more difficult to do it these days. So Indeed. that's where we are. Craig, I mean, we know about filling empty seats. We played Stoke at the weekend, and yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it was it was like you know where's Wally <laughs> trying to find their fans and they were at home. Mm. Um, our natural space. I mean, do you see our natural space now as the Premier League? I mean, I still don't see us. Yes, I think what we did when when we when we won that thing behind me there uh, was to help every team to dream. I don't know that it'll ever be allowed to happen again by the bigger clubs, but I still think of us as this mid-sized club. I don't think of us as a a big club, even though we've done the FA Cup quarterfinals of the Champions League and Premier League. Where where do you see Leicester's natural space now? It's funny because I think I, it may well be a generational thing that, that we've seen as down in the in the, the second division as it were mm. uh, or the championship much more than we've seen as in the in the upper echelons. So yeah I'm with you. I think if you take if you take clubs now on a sort of 10, 15-year cycle, let's say even a 20-year cycle, then we probably belong in the Premier League. We had that period under Martin O'Neill, I think, where we had four yeah. top 10 finishes in a, in a row. League Cups. Yeah, then we were a little bit up and down, and then we've come back. We, we, we were up and down, up and down, up and down. And then we had, you know, the last 10 years, um, not only winning it, but then following it up with you know, Champions League quarterfinal, you know, two um, fifth place finishes and and a cup, you know, and a, and a community shield or whatever. So I think in the big scheme of things, and you can understand why the, the younger generation feel that our rightful place is in the Premier League. And that's why it became so difficult and so toxic when it looked like we were going to lose it after what was essentially one pretty bad season you know we, we hadn't been great in the in the two before no. even though we'd finished pretty high but you know it always seems the way with Leicester if we have a bad season we go <laughs> you know we don't we don't get away with it to rebuild next season like a Crystal Palace or somebody like that uh, and when you look at teams that are and have been in the Premier League for quite a while I think it's fair to say that we are we belong in that sort of lower level of the Premier League um but my my worry is, and bear with me when I say this, that you know we are, and it's taken me until now to kind of understand Manchester United fans. You mm -hmm. know, we, we 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 say that Manchester United fans are very um, like you know we 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 expect to win because we are Man United, but when you come to think how long their success was, Craig under Sir Alex Ferguson, mm -hmm. a lot of these kids don't know any different no. they don't remember the the days before 
Alex Ferguson when they were no different to to Liverpool, you know, getting close but never quite winning anything. Mm-hmm. And I see that with some of the younger Leicester fans that mm-hmm. sort of haven't really known us, other than I mean, you know, the couple of seasons before we went up, we you know we had. The, the, the playoff and then we absolutely romp that division they've only really known success yeah because if you take as I say you know the the success of when we won the championship to go mm. back up then we struggled but we had that great you know um uh the end of the win season over the man united year. for instance yeah. we had the win over man united and then we dropped off but then we had the great escape which goes into folklore as well and then followed it up so even that, even that relegation battle, you know, was was a successful thing in the end, and is and is talked about in the same breath. Virtually every time you talk about winning the league, it's followed up with, "Oh, and we had the great escape," you know, the year before, as if that one set us up for the for the next year. So yeah, there is a generation because we carried on. I know we changed manager, but the way we ended that season when we stayed up was title winning form it was like a perfect storm of we had a team who for the first three months of that season no none of our team would have got in anyone else's team in in any of those sort of top six clubs none of them would have taken any of our players you know we picked them up we had robert hooth and wes morgan they're not you know the center halves of top six teams danny simpson who who struggled and was was a cast off christian fuchs that nobody had heard of we, we were a ragtag you know the, for the first couple of months uh kante couldn't get in the side either you know he, he, we, we had um our swiss player who was who was pretty poor Inland. but it was just that perfect storm of something clicked they found a way to play they found what worked for us and yet everybody else had a little bit of an off day but you beat what's in front of you and, and we beat them. And uh, um, I mean, it's still just, uh, you still have to pinch yourself that it actually happened to us. Oh, you do. Oh, you do. It's still, it's still a pleasure to put that particular DVD on. Uh, <laughs> and of course the following season as well. Um, I mean, it's one of those, I remember where we were when, I think we were away at Spurs, weren't we, when we or home to Spurs, when we, uh, where we managed to, to no no Sunderland wasn't it? It was Sunderland where we managed to stay up. But I want to go on to managers. Um, yes, you knew this was going to come, uh, Pete, uh, basically because I went through the running order with him before the show. So he, <laughs> no, no surprises coming up. Nope. Have and, we fired another one since we've been on air? God, well, that, that is my worry because I have done the artwork and I have got the uh, the thumbnail ready just in case to stick another picture in. But yeah. I mean, this guy's got a gold watch, hasn't he? I mean, he's been there since May, but you know, there's there's been managers with bigger win percentages than that that have been fired. Why is this the guy that is that they decided to stick with, or have they decided to stick with him? Well, we were twenty first in the league. I mean, we started off the, the season like a house on fire with a, a in the first forty five minutes against QPR, we were four <laughs> nil up, and we thought hello, what have we got here? This is incredible. Um, but we've later decided to call that the Gareth Ainsworth effect uh, because QPR were really genuinely that shocking, yeah. um, which, which was odd. And then it kind of, everything kind of stumbled a bit and it really went went in the, in the trough and we were, we were down at around 21st when the club gave him an extended contract. 
Um, and of course, anybody who knows anything about Watford knows that, yes, we, we do indeed fire our, our managers slash head coaches, as we like to call them, on a on a pretty reasonably yeah. regular level. Um, you know, three or four managers a season is not has not been the exception, put it that way. So um, it, it was it was odd because whenever we fire a manager, and I don't know if, if you do it or if you've ever, if you've had enough to see the trend, but uh, Watford would always stick up a, a picture, and on the website there would always be a picture of the corner flag, and so to, to the point where it became kind of oh hello the corner flag's appearing, what's this? And they put a corner flag up. And we all thought, <laughs> oh, no, and it was announcing they'd actually extended his contract, and then of course everybody was like going, why? You know what? Anyway, anyway, the reason being is because the 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 owners and the managers are pretty, if not hands on, they're 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 all based up at the training ground, so they see what goes in and what goes on day in day out, and they were impressed with what he was doing. Um, he's a fairly kind of um, if you've ever seen one of his um, one of his press conferences, chances are you won't want to watch it a second time uh, because he's a fairly kind of uh, comes comes across as either fairly aggressive or fairly kind of. I don't think I want to meet him on a dark night, put it that way. Um, <clears throat> and I, I think basically what he did was he whipped a lot of our players that we have had in the last four or five years. We have had a dressing room that sucks from a culture point of view. Um, you know, it's been. You know, players downing tools and therefore the manager goes because we can't replace the whole dressing room, etc., mm. etc. And that's been a number for, for a long time. He came in and has seemingly been given the, the nod of approval in terms of what he's doing. Is the football great? Uh, it's not what we expected. Uh, with uh, with Valerian Ishmael, if anybody remembers him at Barnsley, then he was at West Brom, then he was at Besiktas. Yep. Um, West Brom and Besiktas don't don't speak that that highly of him. Said that he had one way of playing and no other. We've seen a different way of him playing. Um, is it better? We're not sure. We thought we were going to get somebody who was going to be playing very direct, very high intensity, very high pressure football. That's not what we've had. Um, we we don't play with that level of intensity. Where there's a lot of playing around the back. Um, and keeping the ball and trying to work opportunities. But that's because whilst the club have supported him by not sacking him, they haven't really supported him in terms of giving him the players that he would need to play what we term Val ball. He hasn't got the players who can do that. So he's had to improvise. So, um, so you know, I think a lot of people are, are, are pretty chuffed that we've got somebody who one has put a bit of discipline in. Um, we had a thing whereby people were dropped from the starting lineup to the bench or from the bench out of the, the, the first team squad if they turned up late for, for meetings. This was the level of the discipline problem. And we were talking about meetings at two o'clock in the afternoon where they've been in the, you know, in the place since nine o'clock, but still walls in 15 minutes late. It's a basic lack of respect. And we had that happen four times uh, this season. That was early on. It hasn't happened so much, or it certainly hasn't been reported so much of late. So we think that that discipline is liked. We think that, you know, as I say, he's somebody who can clearly go into the dressing room and say, nah, this isn't great. But there's lots of things that aren't great. His his uh, his substitutions aren't brilliant. But then again, we have now got a second half squad made up of 22 players. 22 senior players is our squad. We are as thin as you could expect. We have got um, midfielders whose legs have already gone. Who've or you know, and and he can't rotate them. We played, uh, you know, basically the other night at, at Southampton. We expected an under twenty one side to be put out. No, it was the same lot. So we got twenty two. You name twenty in a in a in a match day squad. He just rotates the same pack, but he can't. There's not an awful lot he can do. We've got two. We got two injuries in that first team squad who are trying to come back. 
what can he have? What can he do? The one signing we made in the January, who will be interesting to see how long he gets against you guys, um, is Emmanuel Dennis, who, when we went up, was the one person who kind of lit lit the place up, but also frustrated. He's one of those mavericks who's, who who can do some great things, but can be you know completely selfish on occasion. So it, it all started going wrong for him when he wasn't allowed to go to the African Cup of Nations, which is now going on. He, he was selected by Nigeria, but they failed to put in a request for him until it was too late. And it, we were like fighting for our, 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 our lives. We just bought in, uh, uh, you know, Claudio Ranieri, um, who to Watford fans is not what he is to Leicester fans. Um, I can tell you that much because he basically came in and was like an absentee landlord. He just didn't bother um, at, at all. And his his plummet his 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 form plummeted away. But we've brought him back in on loan. He sacrificed supposedly um, north of forty grand a week to be able to kind of come in and play. But his fitness isn't there. He's been at uh, Istanbul Besiktas here and. Um, and I looked fitter when he first turned out in his first game, and that really, really is safe. <laughs> um, but he's, he's he's coming back to hopefully some level of fitness. But he wasn't taken to Southampton because he needs to get, you know, training sessions in his legs. Yeah. Um, so you know we've got twenty two, and three of those are wobbly in terms of fitness, and the uh, the rest of the midfield, as I say, have hollow leg syndrome. Would really be nice to have a little bit more flexibility to, to switch it up. It's funny you talk about the way that you're playing and trying to play out from the back. And uh, I remember my overriding memory of the first game, and, and I know you may come on to this, Chris, and maybe act yeah. as a nice little segue for you. Um, I remember watching that first game at, at King Power against Watford and, and saying to my son, this is like an old-fashioned team. You On, on that particular day, whether that was um, uh, how you played earlier on in the season... It was like, this is an old-fashioned team that are going to try and bully us. They're very physical. Everything was physical. And I and I said to him, I said, this is a team and this manager, if this is the team that he's set up, there's no way that you're going to get relegated, but there's no way you're going to get in the playoffs. This looks like a manager who thinks and knows that the club needs two or three seasons of almost solidity and just settling down, and we're going to play the way that we're not going to get beat week in, week out. And if we get enough wins, fair enough. But it was a very, very much the team you put out was it was looked like a team of bruisers. I must admit. I think I think one of the things that that, that we saw at that point was when we had that initial trough near the start of the season. The thing that picked up for us was not the last. Uh, international window, but the one beforehand. Um, so we've we've lost something like four games in twenty one in the last, but but the last three we've we've lost. You know, it's it, it's that sort of kind of kind of problem. So at the moment we are we are in a in a trough. At that particular point, um, one of the highlights of the season was, um, and I appreciate the words highlight of the season. And Jake Livermore have probably never been used in the same sentence before. So. Don't adjust your sets. Um, we signed him and went, oh, well, why, why are we getting him? You know, kind of 34. What's he going to do for us? And he came in at the start of the season against Stoke away and was simply awful. He was just not, he was not close to it. And he kind of went away and we, we thought, well, obviously the manager doesn't fancy him. No, the manager was getting him fit. And at that point, he has stepped into the team and been exactly what we wanted. You know, I can't, I can't speak highly enough of his application and how he's played and how he's helping people. And he sat, in, you know, with you guys when we played you, 
as he does in the in in front of the back four, and he just basically kills space and 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 does all of those that ugly stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, the absolute definition of what you just described as that was absolutely mm-hmm. spot on. But he was the one coordinating it. He went off on what sixty five minutes. You scored on the seventy fifth, and then you got the, uh, the 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 Vardy penalty in the ninetieth, and that was no coincidence i'm not saying you wouldn't have broken us down of course you may well have done absolutely but the fact that when he's not there it leaves a great big jake livermore sized hole in watford at the moment so uh he, he's been i would i would suggest uh one of if not the the stories of the season him and uh him and our substitute goalkeeper which i'm sure we'll get on to because he's almost he, like he sounded like the, the ross barkley of the championship yeah. <laughs> you would pick out a out a, a player from that place. Um, <clears throat> I haven't, haven't forgiven you guys for lending uh, Kieran Jew to be horse to that lot. Never mind. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. yeah he he's gone in and he has become. He's been more than uh, we could possibly expect, and he's shown how a mature player can make a huge influence in a dressing room and. Uh, it was the game against you guys where Vardy got pulled down and Backman, who was our captain, yeah. and nobody really liked having him because we said, well, with, with, the, with the rules this season, only the captain can talk to the ref. And if the ref is 65 yards that way, how are you doing that precisely? Well, he came herring out again. He did one against Stoke and he did one, uh, you know, against you guys where he comes out and he kind of grabs the ref as if he's kind of, you know, kind of frantically there because he's just run and he gets a booking for it. And then, of course, he brings out, oh, good grief. Anyway, the question was, who's the natural captain? And everybody thought Jake Livermore, but it didn't. It went to Wesley Hoot, um, who is our left-sided um, uh, Dutch centre-back, um, who, is a, who is a definitely a part of the, uh, the tactic that we play. He's the person who passes it forward more than anybody else, most certainly. And he has a great diagonal ball on him. Um, uh, but he's been the captain, but he's so inf- influ- influential, I should say, both in the defensive element and also in going forward, that Livermore has picked up a lot of the captain-like mentoring elements on, and no, not there, you be here, kind of, that you would expect <laughs> captain so yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if he's there the problem is he's 34 we have to manage his minutes so yeah there you go. coming back on to on to the managers um craig uh i mean well you know we're, we're top of the league uh we've won more games than everyone anybody else uh we've lost equal less as anybody else you score more goals than anybody we've conceded less goals than anybody we've got the biggest goal difference ever uh oh well at the, you know over everybody else in 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 the uh, in the league <sighs> boring boring enzo apparently it needs to be booed i mean <laughs> thoughts on that i think i think it's been built i think it's been blown out of proportion uh, to be honest you know i was i, I was at the, the game against swansea which, which is where mm the sort of frustration came out. But I think fans on that particular game had a right to be frustrated. We we won that game 3-0. It was a comfortable game. But the tactics that we employed in the first 20 minutes against a team who played the, the highest line in the championship, their back line was on the halfway line. In the championship, that's kind of ridiculous. But they pushed and pushed and pushed. And we were getting in behind. We got the early goal. We could have had two or three more. You know, Daka somehow managed to, to miss from the goal line virtually. Um, and then after 20 minutes, again, Scott turned to me and said, we're getting loads of success here. 
watch us not do it for the rest of the game. And you know what? We didn't do it for the rest of the game. And particularly in the centre, uh, in the second half, they pushed right on us, which allowed their midfield to push onto our midfield. And, and so we had no space. Their forwards were pressing us on the edge of our own box. So we were struggling to get out. 25,000, 30,000 people in that stadium can think, can watch it and think, we've got three forwards. Just pop the ball over the top. You know, they're on the halfway line. That's where the frustration came from. The number of times that our wingers made in out-to-in runs thinking the ball's going to come and it didn't come. They turned back and went backwards again. And you, it's very difficult to sit there and not make any noise when that's happening over and over. It wasn't booing. It was just that, oh, for goodness sake, there's another one. And it wasn't just the fans. The players, Mavadidi was throwing his hands in the air the whole time. So that's where the frustration came from. Not, we don't appreciate the football that's being played, but sometimes you've got to react to what the opposition are doing as well. Yeah. We, you know, we, we were always told, you know, told that we, we played around at the back to try and draw teams out who were having a low block. That's why you pass it around. You try and draw them out, eat, eat them out to create some space. The other way works as well. If a team is pushing right up to the halfway line to block you in your own half, you put balls in behind to force them to go backwards and create space in the midfield. You can't just play it one way. And that's where the frustration came from. And I, and I think it's just been blown out of, you know, and it's pointed at the, you know, the older, the older fans, you know, who just want it hoofing forward. We don't want it hoofing forward. We want us to take opportunities that are presented to us by the opposition. But I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy the way that we're playing and everything that we've done. It's just there are pockets of games where you do get frustrated. Oh, I mean, I I did the watch along, and I I may well have uh, lost my temper at a few of the moments of passing <laughs> it around and had to put a little pound in the swear jar. And there's a very thin line between a long ball. And a uh, a superb pass, you know. So, exactly, you know. exactly. Liverpool do it. Liverpool are the best at it, and we are set up very much the same in terms of, particularly when Mane was there. They would Mane on the left, Salah on the right, and their fullbacks or or Van Dijk would play diagonal balls in behind the fullbacks, and they'd be away. And we are set up to do exactly the same, yeah. but we don't do it, and that's where the frustration comes from. As as an, as an outsider. Uh, yeah. But as an observation, if I may, um, it was really interesting early this season because, of course, the talk, talk sport thing means we get to talk to opposition and obviously we do one and you do one. It's great. But it's really interesting to hear. And one of the ones that we spoke to was Luke at Swans cast with Swansea. Yeah. And of course, they they brought Duffy in earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. And uh, having let Russell Martin, not having let, having seen Russell Martin depart, I, yeah. I'm not a great lover of Russell Martin, just that's yeah. his personality. But there you go. Um Duffy came in and started well, trying Luton. to... Uh, hey, do you mean Southampton? Oh, am I sorry, Southampton? Yeah. Am, I, am, I, am I getting confused? Yeah. I, don't mind, I don't mind the Luton barbs, but get it right when you do it. Um, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fail. <laughs> he, he turned around and said, Duffy came in and tried to make them more direct. And he said, culturally, we at Swansea like to see the ball on the deck and it being passed mm -hmm. around and built up. We, that's our culture. We don't like it going direct. 
we at Watford, because we were brought up on Graham Taylor, and when you're talking about how Liverpool play, mm-hmm. when we played, we got the, we got the moniker of oh, you're a long ball team. But we had people like Ian Bolton who would play that if it, if he was wearing a Liverpool uh, kit at the time, um, and Alan Hansen was playing it, mm-hmm. it would have been seen as a long pass. But I think what happens is you get used to a certain culture as well. And mm-hmm. of course, you've had you've had the best years of Jamie Vardy, who has yeah. absolutely pillaged any any back line that comes up towards the uh, the halfway line and mm-hmm. i can imagine everybody looking at it going well we know we can score like this we know that it's it becomes part of your culture to be able to utilize that and yeah. when you have somebody who is you know a pep disciple and mm-hmm. becomes almost fundamentalist about now we're going to keep the ball and we're going to change the way we're playing i can fully understand why you'd want to do it because we've we've been uh, mm-hmm. you know with, with with our manager, we would like to see us go more direct, but he just doesn't have the uh, the armory to do it. I, I'm I'd going like, to move on. Of being able to meet them in a number of ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to move on because I did say that this part of the show will probably last about 45 minutes. We're up to 43 and only two sections in. Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> so if anybody's on a promise tonight, uh, you <laughs> might have to uh, let the poor lady down. And please... Forgive me, Pete. You know, Watford have so many managers; it's easily it's easy to get confused over them, isn't it? That's all right, Russell, Russell Martin. We haven't got him yet. We've got him. We've got him back, ready to come in, in May. Back at Carry you. On. Back at you, mate. Uh, I, I was, of course, thinking uh, Rob Edwards. I never think Rob Edwards. No, I've apparently said. not. Apparently not. Uh, I'm going to just say quickly though before I'm going to I'm going to do my the bit now. But no, talk while we're on the managers. Um, Nigel Pearson, what the hell did you, you he he was literally about to possibly keep you up that season, and you sacked him. Nigel Pearson was complex. I think there are most Watford fans <laughs> absolutely love him, uh, but but what happened with us with that? It was and it wasn't Nigel Pearson. It was COVID. Um, he was doing a great uh, a great run. We beat Liverpool three 0 and ended their undefeated you know, their undefeated reign forever. And then the next game was Palace away. We lost one nil. Didn't turn up. COVID was basically we didn't know this, but was ripping through the manager and the uh, and and the team. And when we had Operation Restart, we simply didn't. We didn't restart. We had the manager. The manager was down. He ended up with two bouts of COVID in and around that time. It went through the squad and we didn't start. The rumours are that. In our uh, last game, but two, uh, was away at West Ham. We needed to we needed to win. If we won, we would be pretty much okay. Um, and we were three 0 down by half time. And the uh, the suggestions were that there was an altercation with himself and a player at half time. Uh, that didn't go particularly well. I don't know whether or not the player was dressed as an ostrich or not, but if he wasn't, it, you, you get the idea of probably how the tone went. Oh, no, we, we, we know we know Nigel, don't we, Craig? We loved mm. him. We loved him. He's, yeah. he's the manager with the largest forearms in the universe. I mean, he was absolutely superb. Um, like in Bears uh, and Wolves. Yeah, uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turn around and go, no, it wasn't Wolves. They were wild dogs. And watch the press Ooh. back go, what, really? It wind up yeah. brilliant. No, so we we liked him, but uh, something happened that they then changed, and it was you know the last two games were under our uh, interim. Manager. I think Who, I think it's fair to say that Nigel doesn't suffer fools. Oh no, not at all. And, no, and whether I, that be a player or a journalist, you're, you're getting it. I, I went I went down when he first joined us. There was a he, he wanted to meet the the because you know, he he brings the club together. 
which is the first thing he tried to do. And he did two two meet and greets with with groups of them. And I asked a question about whether or not he was going to keep on Hayden Mullins, who'd been the interim manager. And the withering look he gave me, oh, my Lord, crikey. And then I had to shake his, his hand at the end, and all I could see was forearms. I mean, <laughs> we we really like him. We really liked him, and uh, and uh, yeah, that that's it. We liked him far more than we liked Ranieri because he just did nothing for us. I'm afraid. <laughs> let, it no. go, <laughs> I've, I've let it go, Pete. I've let it go. I've let it go. I've let it go. I'm, I'm now on to Robin. Form, Don't worry, I'm processing I it. I can't show. I can't show our season form, Craig, because it looks like we're deadlining because it's just sort of one line <laughs> going across the top. And I'm sorry. I'm not having a. I'm not having a dig there. You've got to understand what the season we had last season, it's nice just to win again. Um, but from Watford's point of view, finished 11th last season. Uh, that's where you are at the moment. Um, two seasons, it looks like you're maybe not going to be um, fighting for promotion. But Scott asks here, do you feel you have enough in terms of, well, with squad depth, we've talked about the answer to that is no. Scott and good enough manager to stay up this season, and also do you see Watford challenging for the playoffs? And that and uh, talk us through your season. The the squad depth is a huge thing. Obviously, the transfer window shut um, uh, this time last week, and uh, we were we were shocked, nay horrified, to have um, you know three players go out and one come in, and the one or come in we did. being that yeah, but that, the one player who came in, as I say, was it has not been fit. Um, and we already only had 24 players. So we have 22 senior players, three of which are injured. So when you when you go to Southampton and you're bringing in an 18-year-old to sit on the bench, not because you're trying to push him forward or to try to give him development time, but instead because you don't really have the under-21s to, to, to bring them in and kind of allow them to play what is a dead rubber, really, for us of an FA Cup game. Because let's face it, we were never going to go to Anfield and turn over anything. So mm-hmm. I think we've probably got enough not to not to go down. Uh, we have got a few little gems in there. Uh, Ryan Andrews at right back, um, and we we've done well enough until these latest three games. The question about the manager becomes: uh, the 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 last five and a half games, we have not scored a goal in open play, and in the last three games, we have not even had a shot on goal. Uh, right. We have a right. forward line that is. Um, uh, ineffective let's be kind let's just call them ineffective um one who works very hard for the team one who scores goals but can't do anything other than if he's in the box uh, other than poke the ball in the back of the net he does bless him he does nothing we, we hope that he will improve but mm. i don't not we'll have the time uh my guess is we'll probably end up in the in the upper reaches of the bottom half um i don't think i don't think we'll uh i don't think we'll be hitting be and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com actually said to the, to the stoke fan last week that if you remember craig said i think there's three worse teams than you i don't think you'll go down mm. um and i have now changed that to there's one worse team than stoke and they very could easily go down they were they were that awful um but looking at the current form um at the moment uh craig let's have a look at leicester first on away form we're second um we beat stoke five nil beat swansea three one birmingham three nil in the cup drew with ipswich town and they seem to be kind of sliding down oh, come on, i can't wait for this game because it gets that coventry match off the latest uh, <laughs> yeah. form um but look three wins out of five only lost one that's not bad is it no, and if you, I mean, Ipswich, I think on both games, you know, we've thrown it away in the dying embers yeah. of the game. Uh, we should have won both of those. Birmingham, we rode our luck. I think it's safe to say in the cup game in the first sort of in 30 minutes. Yeah, we, you know, we, we put out a fairly young team. He, he changed it at half time, which was, was good. You know, he recognised that. There was no way we could continue with the, the, the starting lineup that he put out and get away with it. And we were really comfortable in the second half. Um, Swansea, we were comfortable. As I say, you know, we, we, we should and could have scored more than that. And Stoke speaks for itself and, and the reaction of most Stoke, uh, Stoke fans that I've heard yes. since. And, and, you know, some of the, the videos on YouTube. There's a few entertaining um, vlogs on YouTube um, at the game and, and just the reaction of the fans as the goals are going in is, is yeah. quite amusing. Yeah. But, you know, we, we can't knock it. You know, we will, but, but we shouldn't really knock it at the moment. And uh, I expect this to be a tough game, though, just because of what I said about the first game. I think, I think you know, he's putting together a team that will finish exactly where you said, you know, you won't get near the playoffs or probably not and you won't you won't go down and i think it's a, it's a team that's just going to try and physically you know outdo teams and and, and win by the odd goal um, would you take so it to be tight no i'm only joking i'm only joking <laughs> but look you know no no disrespect to any of these teams but you know stoke watford sheffield wednesday for us, it should be a nice run, shouldn't it? It, it should be. I, I, I mean, if, you, if you're going on current form, you know, it is no disrespect. It is on form. You know, if it, if it was reversed the other way, we'd be thinking differently. But, you know, it is a run of games where we can hopefully get enough points on the board to allow ourselves the room to have a little wobble if we, if, if we do have one when we've got the likes of Leeds and Southampton still to come. Yeah. I mean, Pete... Um, like you say, you, you, you lost um, three to Watford. You managed to only let Coventry put one past you, unlike us, let, let three go in. Uh, but you drew with um, Sheffield that, that Wednesday. Was, that was Cardiff, um, not Coventry. Um, oh, sorry. I should have gone to State Sabres. Sorry. Um, yeah. My bad. My <laughs> right. bad. Uh, you drew with um, Sheffield Wednesday, probably a game that, you, you know, on paper again, you should have won. But a good draw for you against Southampton. Uh, and against Bristol, but based on home form, twenty fourth in the form table. Mm, yeah, our home form is 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 not good. Our away form um, 
uh, got got turned away with a with a win away at uh, at Swansea, and since then I think we've kind of gone about seven games unbeaten because the two Southampton games that you read there are both in the FA Cup, obviously the draw and then the replay. Um, yeah. So the, the the league form is a little bit better than than that, but the home form is, uh, and, and we, we've kind of discussed whether or not it's a psychological thing, whether it's a, th- a fact that we are better at beating teams who come on to us, um, in which case it might make Saturday kind of interesting because you're going to have a lot of possession. You're going to want to come and play you know, in our half, and and we we if if we sit deep, it might open for us to break. If we had anybody really with pace, um, other than perhaps Matthias Martins, uh, we we, you know, you you wouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> it, it might be quite interesting, but as it is, no, I I I, I think you'll have too much for us. Wesley Hoot, we mentioned him before. Um, mm-hmm. Very, I to be honest with you, I think he made a very good point that you know. Um, Mad to Manson just like to sort of get his deck chair out on the edge of the, the centre circle at some times, and you know, one of these days he's going to be caught out by that, you know, uh, Rooney Beckham S type shot from the halfway line. Um, Wesley Hoot noticed that, couldn't quite do it against us, but he did do it against Hull, like you said, the following week. Exciting, uh, yeah, yeah. Is he likely to be playing? Oh, he's undoubtedly he's, he's played every minute of the season. Oh, um, right. oh, no, just, I better just ring Enzo and uh, tell him to warn Mad then. Oh well, yeah, yeah no, that's Mad to stay on his bloody line. <laughs> well, it, it 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 was funny because he basically scored this goal from like you know forty eight yards, and you just know mm. it's like one of those speculative you hit it, and uh, and then the manager came out and said, "Oh yeah, 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 we've been working on that." And you just go, "What really?" And then he yeah. did actually say. But it was two weeks ago because your keeper is known for coming out higher up than his centre backs, and you go, really? Wow. Okay. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? But yeah. uh, I, I think you'll probably be if he comes out when you've got good levels of possession or in the opposition half, then you have got to worry. But um, no, no, no. I Can don't you see that. him getting caught out, Craig? One game? Oh, at some point, I think. You know, um, I think when you. When you play so many passes, you know, as a goalkeeper, I mean, we saw it the other night. I can't remember which game it was. Um, but someone played a shocking pass. Um, I think it was I think it was against us. Um, the keeper played a shocking pass. And, you know, the keepers are being told to do it now. You know, it, it, there's a clue in the name. You know, you keep the goal. You keep the ball out. That should be a goalkeeper's first thing. But now that that's not it, is it? it? You've got to be a footballer, you know, as a goalkeeper these days. Um, and I, I haven't got a problem with that. It's when you pass a ball from anywhere on the pitch, your your next your first thought should be, if I give it him, what's he going to do with it next? And I don't think goalkeepers think that way. They just think, oh, I can give it him. Yeah, the fact that he's going to have two players on him. So yeah, I think at some point he's going to get done. He's a great goalkeeper and he is a great shot stopper. You know, he mm. pulled off a, a fantastic double save against Stoke, um, yes, which did. would have made it, I think, 4-1. So yeah. it wouldn't have affected the game. But yeah, I think some of his passing um, is a little bit uh, dodgy. He is good on both sides, so he can play right and left foot. And uh, but and he He's young, isn't he? I mean, yeah. I've got to say, we, we are only 30 games into this sort of project and uh, let's not run too much before we can walk. You know, but no, I, I like it. He's, he's been one of the best signings that we've had this season. Oh, for definitely, sure. definitely. Who'd have thought we'd have been thirty games in and we'd be talking um, 
that had first two goalkeepers, um, Hermanson and Stolcho. Yeah. Or even him as well. I can never say yeah. that name. Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. Whatever yeah. Right. This one's for you, Craig. Um, so bear with me uh, here on this one, Pete. Um, little quiz for you here because he does oh, like right. little quiz. No, it's not. It's not. A, it's not. Uh, oops. <laughs> little quiz in the fact that I got rid of you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Above you there, you can see how many points we've got at the moment so far this season. What you can then see is every second place team back to 1617 and what their number of points were to go up, um, ranging from um, 93 for Brighton to 88 for Bourne, or 83 for West Brom. The average is 89. Um, yeah. it's, I can't, can you see us not doing it? Um, as a Leicester fan, obviously my natural reaction is to say, yes, of course we can blow it. <laughs> you know we've yeah. we've got previous you know we've blown fourth spot twice you know when we look, look fairly nailed on mm. I, but it pains me it doesn't pain me to say it i'm i'm dubious of saying it but i don't think we'll be that bad to be honest you know i don't think we'll be bad enough other teams around us might do well i, I think southampton are going to be you know southampton could catch us you know it wouldn't surprise me and I think they'll come up with us. But I don't think the others are consistent enough to take advantage of us if we lost three or four games in a row. And and that's what we've got to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to lose three or four games. And uh, I'd be surprised if we if we let it slip from here. Uh, as I've said on, on previous shows, you know, it would be borderline disaster if we ended up in the playoffs because getting the players back up to go into a, a two-legged semi-final would be really, really tough, I think, after the disappointment of, of being in the uh, in the driving seat for so long. I mean, what have we got? 18 points to get to 90? Yeah. You know, six games. I can see us winning six more, can't you? So... Um, I, I, I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, will 90 be enough, though, do you think? I'm not sure. I think it's going to be at the upper echelons of those numbers, that's for sure. Because I think... I think Leeds will continue it, but they, they do throw in a dodgy result, Leeds, now and again. Yes. You know, the, the, the way they play means they are open at the back. So, um, they've got a couple of players. I mean, if they, uh, you know, if a couple of injuries to them, and I think it would be more devastating than a couple of injuries for us would be, let's put it that way. Yeah. And I'm going to throw this question at you uh, because, uh, was it Jason, the other Watford fan, Pete? Carl? I think it was Carl, Carl or Justin, one of the two. Justin, yeah, Justin was the was the one that was hosting the show, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he threw this question at me, and it's very difficult to answer this without sounding cocky. Uh, I'm not sure whether I, I got away with it or not. You'd be able to tell me, Pete. But Craig, are we going to beat the record? Um, I don't think so. Personally, I I, I don't think so because. I think it's different. It depends how driven the players are. Because I think, you know, we're going to get to a point where it's mathematically, you know, certain that we've got promoted. Can they then push on and get the record? Maybe they are. Maybe they are single-minded enough. And, and, and i got a feeling that the manager is, to be honest. But I just think that it's going to be a little bit too much of a stretch. And as a neutral on that point, Pete, do you see us breaking the record? 
No, I don't see you breaking the record. I see you comfortably going up. I, I, I love the, the kind of uh, uh, <laughs> worry that you might not, but I think you, I think you will. The only reason I think you won't is because I think modern players now are like Formula One cars. They get over the finish line and they just collapse. Um, and and the, the the toughness and psychology that's that's previously been in there, um, I, I I just don't see it. Plus the fact, I mean, how many more games are left for you to get? what would be what 34 points because it was 106 points wasn't it yeah. um it that that's 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 a tall order for anybody but i think you'll go up because uh, similar to what craig said that I, I i don't think the championship is very good and i include us in that absolutely i do um you know but but you know yeah leeds ipswich have done well but i i think they're kind of pegging out a little bit and i think yourself and southampton are are, are good but we have held Southampton to two one-one draws. Yes, we got gubbed by them this week three 0 quite rightly, and our, our lads were, were a disgrace. But it was in the FA Cup. Yeah. The FA Cup, there was no expectations for them to go down there. We knew we'd blown it because they got a last-minute equaliser against us um, at our place in the cup. That was our chance. We didn't get it. We didn't take it. Fine. We tend to see players these days who tend to go. Uh, yeah, we, we've done it now. We'll stop. There is that you do see that happen with teams, you know, and it's like at the other on the other end is once you're relegated, you're playing with that that freedom that well we can just go out and play now, and you suddenly start winning games. I was just looking that the, the 16 games left, um, you know, so we could actually get um, another you know, three, 48 points. Uh, so if we add that onto the 72 we've got, that will give us 120. Now we're not going to do that because I don't think we're going to go unbeaten for the rest of the season. I think we have got a loss in us, um, and we've still got to play Southampton uh, a second time and Leeds a second time as well. But, Craig, we could afford to drop, what? well, 100 minus 108. Let's give it a couple of points. We could, we could drop 12 points and still break the record. Yeah, I, I, again, the, the record for me as winning the championship is secondary. You know, your your job oh, yeah. is to get yeah. get promoted. I think the other thing to take into account is that there's a lot of these players this season who probably won't be in the Premier League team next season. And I would imagine that the manager will have that once, you know, let's say if, but once we get over the line, I think he will then start tinkering with his lineup a little bit, and some younger players are going to get some minutes to see, you know, what they're made of. So I don't think it will be we get over the line and then we continue at that pace going forward. I, I, I think feel, as Pete said. Uh, I yeah, feel I think. really bad now because on the show earlier, I quite confidently said, <laughs> <laughs> just were, "I hope I didn't come over too cocky, Pete." But I, I I'm, the say, I'm the balance, remember, Chris, in this in this partnership. <laughs> Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, okay. No, I did. I, I wasn't expecting the question, and I hadn't really thought it through, so I just went with my, my blue tinted uh, spectacles on. Uh, if, talking if, about if I, could, if I could ask a question of you two, hmm. would you rather break the record and Maresca be head above the parapet and somebody come in and go, "Oh wow, yeah, absolutely blur, blew that away," and risk that, or would you rather just, you know, win the league and every, you know, and, and hit 105 points and be be quite happy? I, I think he's going to be have envious eyes on him anyway. To be honest, I, 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 to be you know, regardless of whether we break the record or not, I think people have seen how we play, and that's the way that most teams want to play now. So, mm. I think. 
if we if we didn't make it, I don't think he would probably be here next season. There would be too many teams after him. I hope that he is buying into the project. I think the thing with the club is the backside of the club in terms of the training facilities and everything is is second to none. You know, and there's 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 not many even in the Premier League that can touch what we've got the infrastructure behind us. You know. So you're not going to better that anyway. What you are going to get better is obviously, you know, bigger clubs coming for him. But I think we can fend off the likes of the Crystal Palaces and, and that level. And and I don't think yet a bigger club, a sort of top six, top eight, would come for him. Who I could see coming for him is someone like a Newcastle. Yeah, and that that would that would cause a problem and and, and make him make a decision. You know, when he's got untouched wealth, you know, behind I mean, him or whatever. If, but yeah. If we don't go up, then he's obviously gonna as you know, as the manager, the book stops with him. So maybe one or two team, you know, teams might look and go, maybe he's, he's not as good as he, you know, hey, he you, thought he was. You, you know Leicester fans as I as as I do, Chris. And I, I I'm I'm at the ground. I, I can hear how toxic it can turn. If we don't get up, they'll want him out. <laughs> you know, I, I may be exaggerating, but it no, no, I, I get it. I get the shock. point you're making totally. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, look, look, Leicester managers, look, look at. Um, I, I don't like to talk about him, but let's have a look at uh, Brendan Rodgers. You know, two top five finishes in an FA Cup. He was going to be the next Barcelona manager, uh, formerly not, of your parish as well. Yeah. <laughs> Spurs were going to come in for him, and, and Man United were going to come in for him. Um, yeah, you know, and, and then suddenly, obviously, it goes wrong, and he ended up back at, at, at some second string Scottish team. But um, this is sorry, Chris. Yeah, th- this is what I was saying with the, the Ipswich fan the other day who, who, who I think was doing an ostrich in thinking that there's no way that McKenna's head would get turned, you know, exactly. by uh. By any club coming in for him because he was going to buy into the project, blah blah blah. No chance, you, can, you know. You can buy Teams into the project. McKenna and he'll go. You can buy into the project, but look at um, oh god, it was the guy who went from Brighton to Chelsea, Potter. Potter, Potter yeah. Okay, but, I mean, that was a project he had at Brighton, he'd got him mm. into Europe. But when a big club comes knocking, because yeah. you get that, and yeah. even if you're a failure. He's made more money out of what Chelsea paid him off than he would have probably got at Brighton over the three years he had left or whatever. Yeah. They're not bothered. You know, I mean, Mourinho's, you know, his pension pot is, is all his sacking money. Um, I'd, like to, I'd like to know how many Graham Potters there are because he seems to be at every game that's televised. <laughs> the camera pans the crowd and there's Graham Potter. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's just a mask, you know, like Scooby Doo, you know, whip the mask yeah. off and it's Roy Hodgson underneath. But that said, <laughs> oh, do, do I do I want the? I mean, yes. Surely, surely, must be the mask. Surely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I want to just go up and I'd, I'd take finishing second. But do I want to break the record? Yes, I do, because a if we go up as champions then we have won the second tier more times than any other club ever. We, hold we share it with Man City, don't we? We do, yeah. we share it with Man City. And unless the FA get the finger out and relegate them because of FFP, they ain't ever going to be in this division again. So the chances are that we will hold that record forever and ever. Certainly, you know, as long as I'm alive. 
Uh, do I want to go with the record? Yes, of course I want to break the record. Of course I do. But uh, but no, good question. But moving on, uh, Pete, uh, formation tactics and player threats for Watford. I know you. Uh, I know speaking to Carla earlier, he didn't seem to think he'd got a goal threat at all. But um, it, that, that that's unfair. Emmanuel Dennis, who we have signed, if he gets fit, and he will play probably at least half an hour against you, is a. A, a, a quality Premier League threat if if he's got the right attitude on. And as I say, he's coughing up a lot of money to try to play his way into kind of a, a window for people to see him realistically. Um, he can be devastating, but he's just genuinely not 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 fit, not got enough match uh, matches in his legs at the moment. Uh, in terms of formation, if we take it formation tactics and players and threats, um, we will play a 4-3-3 almost undoubtedly uh, with Jake Livermore at the base. Wesley Hoot will be uh, the left-sided centre-back and will be in charge of progressing the ball more than anybody else. Another player to look out for is Ryan Andrews, who is the son of Wayne Andrews, who was a kind of a, a 30 game, you know, kind of five or six goals uh, for Watford striker back in the nineties. And he, he looked, I, I would suggest he is going to be one who people will be coming for in the transfer window. When it reopens up, he's been a, he's been a revelation at right back. He can play as a right wing back. He's got genuine pace, very good use of the ball. Um, he's still got a little bit to learn defensively, but the kid's 19. So, you know, go figure um, in front of Jake Livermore in the midfield. We, we play a, a triangle, which is basically pointing towards our own goal. So we play with two number eights, effectively. One of those most likely be Ishmael Kone and Tom Deli Bashiru, although a gentleman called Georgie Chakfatadze, which is why we call him Dave quite often, it saves a lot of time, um, might also be in there. But he's one of those who can play, you know, when you're playing with that front three, which we do as well, um, he can also play kind of wide left on there. And he's a, he's a tricky, very technical player and can play either either one of those kind of positions. We will probably play with Yasser Espria, who's a young Colombian, um, and I call him a pocket Foden. Again, somebody will come in. Um, and again, no disrespect, you'll have a look at him. And if he performs, I could see you kind of going, oh, yeah, no, we'll go and have him. But your lad who plays that position already, who you got on loan, I think you've got him with an option for 19 million. I think for that's probably, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he looks tremendous. Um, I think I think that's probably the safer bet. Uh, and knowing our owner, probably the cheaper bet as well. Yeah. Um, from there, and we'll probably play with uh, Matthias Martins on the on the left side, and they play as inverted wingers. Um, so they'll be kind of trying to cut in, primarily because both of our forwards, both Mileta Rajevic, who is the guy who can prod the ball in from about four feet away, but not an awful lot else. And a guy called Vacuum Bio, who is who will run around and work hard and do all of the kind of back-to-goal stuff, but, uh, you know, will we'll blast the ball into the stand repeatedly. Um, you know, if you could genetically splice the two of them, you'd either have a fantastic footballer or somebody who should never look at the football pitch ever, ever, ever. <laughs> um, knowing our luck, we'd get the wrong one. So, it's um, yeah, that, that that's, that's a struggle. Uh, yeah. and, we'll, and we'll see. And it'll be whether or not... Uh, the, the aforementioned Emmanuel Dennis gets a run on the right or on the left or in the centre because he can play all three of those. We're hoping that when he gets fit, he will be our default kind of player through the centre because he's not as big as the other guys, but he, he can give us something. Uh, tactics is we kind of keep the ball. We kind of move it an awful lot round the back uh, until we see an opportunity to either shoot ourselves repeatedly in the foot. Uh, we played a, a version of suicide ball earlier on in the season that got kind of stopped uh, once 
you know Jamie Vardy had fallen over in front of uh, in front of Backman. It was a genuine penalty. That was not a snub. Um, and we got Ben Hamer in as the substitute keeper. He has kept us in games. He oh, there's he, a name a blast he, in the past. Craig. Yeah, and he's playing like an Indian summer. He's he's been tremendous. Very few clean sheets, but he he makes outstanding saves at key moments, and he's made us made us a lot of points. So he's a lot of fun. Um, but he's he's less ambitious shall we say with the ball on the deck is a little bit more nope i'm going to play it a little bit more functionally still a, still we play a little bit of that kind of football around at the back none of us like that either um you know so it's not it's not just you we but we do that very badly um and the tactics will be kind of i imagine we will probably sit a little bit deeper um this this time and try and, and try and hit you on the break because we know you're going to have the ball a lot we know you're going to come forward and and the threat surely must be um, you know, to, to try to pick pick off in the in the gaps because if we come on and we try and play you toe to toe, you know, you you've got a midfield that I'm I, I think is is Premier League basically uh, from what I've seen. You know, in, including the the former Luton Loney. Um, you know, I think I think they look they look tremendous. Whether or not you would take them into the Premiership. Gold alone knows, so we'll see. Player threats: Emmanuel Dennis, uh, Matthias Martins. If he puts it onto his right, he'll curl the ball into the top corner, or but whether it's the corner of the goal or the corner of the stand, flip a coin, you work out. Um, and I think uh, young Aspria, I, I, as I say, I call him, I call him Poundland Phil Foden. You know, he's got that level of capability yeah. in him, um, and he could be really, really something. But he needs to be in the right team to do it. I think you said this early, Craig, but I think we should play this for, for Pete. Let it go, let it go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. I mean, for us, Craig, I mean, formation is going to be, you know, three at the back or five when we're defending, isn't it? And uh, two, two either side of the one up front. I Normally we could pick the side, couldn't we? In early, earlier in the season, sort of six weeks in advance. But I was on uh, Luke's channel, Leicester City Down Under, earlier, and he made some. He made an interesting choice that uh, he'd, he'd started with Hermanson just, but he'd mm. got Faz and Ricardo on the left and Justin on the right. Um, w- would you make any any changes? I mean, we've got have got two games coming up, but this you would think would be the harder of the two. So he, he switched over Justin and, and Ricardo. He'd, sw- he'd swapped over Justin and Faz. Right. But Faz, I mean, he's crap on the left unless he's got yeah. Ricardo in front of him. So I didn't see. I did my, my my comment to that was I'll have some of what you're, you're yeah. some of what you're drinking, please. Is this is this a view that Vestergaard won't be playing? He put Cody in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, for me, you, you, you tinker with it, do we? Or not? Yeah, no, you, you tinker with it as as uh, as little as possible, to be honest. And yeah, I don't like fast. I think fast has been fantastic this season, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, on the right of that, he, he's, he's much more naturally, you know, right sided. I don't think you get the best out of anybody when you start moving them from side to side, particularly in, as defenders. Um, but it'd be interesting. It will be interesting whether he goes with Cody or Ben Nelson. Um, ben Nelson has been getting a great prospect, doesn't he? He does. He does. You know, and and you don't usually get great prospects as a centre half. You know, they they usually go and learn a trade somewhere else, and they're brought in. It, it's quite fairly rare for centre halves to come through the system. I know there's a few 
the the the, the young lad Brant Branthwaite, I think it is at Everton looks good oh. and he's come through the system. I like him. Um but Ben Nelson's been getting on ahead of Cody when he's been making substitutions at the moment. So it'll be interesting whether he's got enough trust in him to start and whether he's got enough guile to deal with experienced, more physical players that he's going to face um, uh, with Watford. I don't know. But I mean, usually, the, the, uh, you know, injuries aside, mm-hmm. it's flipping a coin over the, over the number nine at the moment. But Dakar seems to be... Um, well, I was going to move on that, to that. that. But going midfield first, uh, mm-hmm. Eunice Pratt or McAteer? I... I've got a feeling he'll go with McAteer again. And it's mm. funny because I talked to it with Scott about McAteer playing more centrally. Because I, I don't really, think... you, you you spotted his potential very early on in his career, didn't you? <laughs> 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 yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah. Hey, you're welcome, mate. That's yeah. what friends are for. <laughs> um well, let me let me just sort of caveat that by saying that. I don't think he's got enough about him as a winger, to be honest. I don't think he's got a trick in him, and I don't think he's got enough pace to be a proper winger. Um, And that's why I I thought he would be more dangerous coming through the middle, playing that sort of number 10, because he is a decent finisher and he does sniff out opportunities. He scored a great goal um, away at Southampton, coming from deep, timing his run perfectly and, uh, and slotting it in. So I think he's got potential there. So I think he may go there because out of those three, he's the most likely one who's going to be at the club next season. You know, Eunice is is on loan. Um, and I Pratt, like Eunice. I'd love to. Yeah, I like him. I, I like I him. Eunice, I'd like to see him stay. Yeah, I would. You know, mm. what I think he's got to show a little bit more in this division before you think, yeah, he's ready to 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 make an impact in the Premier League. I mean, we saw it before when we had Lookman. You know, you know who's been doing really well out in Nigeria again. You know he was a player that we didn't take a gamble on. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's on the fence about Eunice at the moment. I do like him, but I think I think I think he'll go with McAteer in that role. And up front, you did mention that uh, Daka, yeah. Cannon, Vardy. Every time I say, look, Vardy's career is over. He's not scoring goals. I mean, for God's sake, he's like the bloody Duracell bunny, isn't he? You know, I'm sure he's what we thought. changing room at the end of the game, opens his back and takes the batteries out. Yeah. But he is what we thought he would be this season, that sort of 20 minutes, you know, when defenders are tired, you know, the last thing they want is Jamie Vardy coming on and, and uh, you know, and he's making an impact in in that role. I don't think he's, I, I don't think he's a starter anymore i think cannon has looked really good and there's definitely a player there i think he's he's almost old school you know yeah he just wants to get a shot off reminds you know, me of steve how uh, steve, steve yeah steve howard he reminds you of steve howard Aunt cannon yeah well that's a worry for me because i thought steve yeah yeah i i I, I i went away to a league cup game uh, Leicester away at Man City and Steve Howard gave singularly the worst centre forward performance I can ever remember and I say that because I don't think he left the centre circle in the whole one of game, the game one game Pete, one game and, and these Leicester fans never forget yeah. but no, he did score a great header against Leeds that we see yeah. at the start of who, every who, game who, who, do you, who do you start with? I think he'll start with Dakar, I think he's got the shirt now, he's scored in probably 
four out of the last five games. He's come back from the African Cup of Nations and he put him straight back in there. But Cannon is a is a throwback for me. He reminds me a lot of Nunes at um, at Liverpool. He just wants to shoot. He wants to get the ball down, get the ball out of his feet and shoot. Um, but his movement's very good. But he's definitely one for the future. But I think he'll go with Dakar. And Pete, as as the opposition fan, when you see the team team announced, and if Vardy's not in that starting lineup, we know he got the two, and you know we talked about the the early uh-huh. game earlier in the show. Um, as an opposition fan, are you like, thank God for that? But then on 75, 80 minutes, when he's warming up and a, his number goes up, he's like, oh shit, no. <laughs> Well, Vardy has been a right royal pain in the proverbial for yeah. for some time to Watford, um, and and of course, you know, bursting through from the halfway line as we were talking earlier on, and seeing him kind of close in on goal has been, yeah, yeah, it's been a thing of nightmares for Hornet fans for quite a little while. Um, but I I can see and understand why you know as a talisman having him on the bench to bring him on as you did at our place, you know, at your place, sorry, um, you know how that would one lift your your supporters around to know that he's going to come on um yeah. the, the the question is though how well does he fit in with uh you know with, with 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 the new pattern of play because here you've got a player who is not going to be learning new tricks with due you know, due respect to jamie i mean and he's a he's a fine technical player actually in his own right but we've always seen him bursting you know breaking that line and going through are, are they are they given the freedom to actually go, yeah, slot you in on, on those occasions when you need to, if you bring him on with 10 or 15 minutes to go? go on, From Craig. my perspective, yeah. <laughs> not often enough. And and all three of our strikers are pretty much the same. You know, they've all got a, a great turn of pace. They're all very um, direct. And, and that's why, you know, I go back to that Swans again. That's why the fans were getting frustrated because you've got players who want to run in behind. So, yeah, I, they are having to uh, learn a different way of playing, but I don't think they're alone. I think, you know, I, I used to play up front when I played and I would hate to be playing now. You had a great because, goal at the King Power, didn't you, once? No, that, that wasn't. I, I have scored at the King Power, but it wasn't that particular one that you're referencing. But I, I did score from a from a muzzy as it corner. <laughs> but anyway... Um, but I'd get so frustrated as a centre forward. You know, you know, you run towards a goal. You want a ball delivering first time. You don't want your winger cutting back in and recycling the ball around the edge of the box. And so strikers are having to learn a different way of, of playing. Um, so those old-fashioned strikers, are, are, you know, will get frustrated. But I think they still have enough of that little turn of pace that when we do get it right, as we did for the, I think it was the fourth goal. At uh, at Stoke, when they were coming on, I know you have to remember now. Which one was oh, it? What what a first world problem that is. Now was it I the, the fifth? <laughs> yeah. uh, but we broke quickly. You know, the ball was played in between the defenders for uh, for Justin overlapping from right back. But Vardy was quick enough to show the defenders a quick pair of clean the heels. So when the ball came across, he was the first one onto it. It's and I think good, that's how, it? rather than being direct balls played for him. And those central strikers, I think it's about playing in between the fullbacks to get your wingers away, and then they're quick enough to be the first ones to any crosses coming in. And I think, in fairness, as well, you got you look at a lot of the players have had to relearn this new system. Indeed, he's playing a, com- a completely different game to that what what he was um, as well. So the, 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 there's a lot of you know 
there's a lot of changes if you like so it's not just just the strikers but look, mm. let's get on to this point um sorry we had to get to it eventually pete uh <laughs> do uh talk go to craig first of all i think you'll know what mine is pete because i said it and i say <laughs> the sad thing is that carl agreed with my prediction but craig what are you going for i i think this is going to be a bit of a game of attrition to be honest I think we might try and play a lot of... Well, I know we'll try and play a lot of possession football, but I, I'm not sure that we'll break you down that, that much. Um, so I'm going to go for a 2-1 to us. Ooh, right. Right. Now, Pete, I don't think you're going to be quite as uh, down as uh, Carl was. Oh, I don't, I don't think anybody could be as down as Carl, let alone... Well, well, <laughs> tell a lie, Justin could be. Um I'm going to agree with Craig um, because other than the 3-0 defeat that we had in the Cup to Southampton two nights ago, um, other than that game, the only time we've been beaten by more than one goal in the last, since three months, um, we we lost 3-0 to Leeds at their place. We lost 2-0 to to Sunderland. Those were much earlier in the season. Those were kind of early October sort of times. Um, other than other than a game uh, at home to Bristol City in on Boxing Day, um, we've I think yeah we, we've kept it to the odd goal. I know it sounds silly to say that, but nobody's come down and gubbed us, and we've we've had that kind of reasonable level. the The last time somebody scored more than two goals, other than that occasion, was was you guys, and you got your goal you know, the penalty in literally in the last knock-in. So I think we'll look to frustrate. I think if we get hold of something, um, when we're not really very good at holding onto it, we tend to concede first and then show a bit of character and come back. I don't think we'll have enough for it. And I think you'll have enough quality to, uh, to, to get it. So I'll go, it'll be two, one or three, one, but I'll say two, one simply because I should be, uh, I should be pro Watford. So there you go. Is that two, one to Watford or two, one to Leicester? Uh, no, no, two, one to Leicester, two, one to Leicester. Two, one to Leicester. I, I can, I can, I, I can be appreciate your, your, your honesty, sir. I appreciate your honesty. I'm going to stick with what I said earlier, which was three nil. Um, Simply because that's what I've already committed to. So, uh, but just last couple of bits. I know you've got you've got to go in a second, Pete. Okay. But uh, just very quickly, um, being at both, uh, this surprised me. And I, you know, could have gone for Nigel Pearson, could have gone for Claudio Ranieri, um, Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> yeah, Jordan, Jordan Stewart, yeah. Oh, I mean, there's actually there, there is quite a lot. But I like to go for one that surprises me. That I, I look at it and go, wow, I didn't know that. And I didn't know, or I, I knew and I'd forgotten, that Kevin Williams, uh, Kevin Williams, <laughs> Kevin Phillips, um, Kevin Williams possibly as well, but certainly Kevin Phillips, 59 games for you guys, Pete, uh, 94 to 97, 24 yeah. goals in 59 games. That was a hell of a return. He he was a hell of a player. There you go. I've got, the, got his book there um he, he was a heck of a player he was signed from non-league bulldog town yes, on the yes. basis that and this this is one for for uh supporters of a certain age uh a certain gentleman called nigel callahan who used to be uh well what yeah. pretty much still watford's best right back ever to be quite frank mm. um would go down and train with bulldog and he was the only one who could do stuff with him um, and we, we signed him under Glenn Roder and he scored a hat full of goals, was a whole lot of fun. And you could see he got that physicality where he could actually, as a small striker, he could still hold the ball up. He had, he, he, he just got everything that you could see. Um, 
but it was his first time playing. He got an injury as Glenn Roder basically got got the sack, and Graham Taylor came in, and 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 I think Taylor has, uh, yeah, Taylor said, you know, actually he didn't realise how good he was. Uh, it was a real unfortunate one that he basically offered him a kind of a a salary which was what he was already on, um, having moved from, you know, non-league. And it was like, well, hold on, look at, look at the goals I've scored. You know, I've done pretty well. I, I deserve something more. So he got, he got an offer from Ipswich and Sunderland and went to Sunderland. And of course we know what happened there. Um, as I say, he was the, after that, do not scratch your eyes goal, which I have to cling on to as the last vestige of respect for Watford today. Um, we went to, we went and played Crystal Palace. He was down at Palace and he scored the winning uh, penalty in that. And then, of course, he came to you guys for a last hurrah, but was on your your coaching staff with, was, uh, yeah. with, with Big Nige for quite some time. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you what, he's uh, now you've brought him up, uh, Chris. He's a very good benchmark for Tom Cannon in terms of that goal doesn't move, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll just when the ball comes to me, I'll just move it and hit it, and uh, and I see a lot of similarities with uh, with Tom Cannon, and if he can have the same impact with us as uh, as Phillips had at Watford and Sunderland, I'll be very happy. That's for sure. Yeah, it didn't only only twelve games with us. In fairness, mm-hmm. um, yeah. two goals. I was able to I actually saw one of those. So I've uh, one of the few people that seen uh, Phillips score in a Leicester show, which was a uh, away at Bournemouth. Um, mm-hmm. When he, he did his famous Zimmer frame, um, yeah. bad back celebration, uh, but uh, but yeah, as I say, and then went on to the. Uh, I wish we'd got him earlier in his career, but obviously wasn't to be, wasn't to be. But uh, good player, good player, obviously. Mm. Uh, and finally, Pete, uh, you'd be pleased to know, away fans uh, coming down to Watford. Uh, what's the parking and away pubs like? Uh, probably the best thing to do is park in the city near the town centre. Um, there is also the uh, the Watford Grammar Girls, which is quite close, um, which you'll see kind of signs for. Um, the, the the pubs, probably the uh, the Weatherspoons. If you're coming down, you know, kind of by train or what have you, then you'll be going through the town centre in order to come through. There's Weatherspoons called the Moon Underwater, which allow you know fans of everybody coming through. I mean, we're Watford. We're not, you know. There's no, there, there aren't. Every every village has got one, but ours aren't too bad. Um, and then there's also the uh, the Old Fellows Arms, which is just around the corner from the ground as well, which is uh, uh, which which will be pleased to see. You <laughs> last week we had Cardiff, so it'd be nice to see uh, some uh, opposing fans with opposable thumbs. That'd be nice for them. <laughs> um, Pete, thank you very much for uh, for coming on. Um, your link is in the description below. I would wish you all the best, but obviously I wouldn't mean it. But for the rest of the season, after the weekend, do wish you all the best. Again, just give a shout out where where people can find you. Yeah, do not scratch your eyes. Um, I mean, do not scratch your eyes.com. You've got then all the links to go to everywhere. Uh, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, that would be lovely because uh, we're, 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 yeah, we're reasonably funny and stupid um uh, dnsye underscore podcast on twitter we'll see one of those i'm not sure which though <laughs> thanks very much uh, it's got on a bit longer than i thought it would do but all the best mate and like i say uh hope you get stuffed on saturday but good luck after that no trouble gents enjoy promotion cheers, cheers mate. Uh, there we go craig thank you very much sir well your twitter how can people find you on uh, or X as it at, is now, I should say. At Craig Bird. Yeah. That's all that's all you need to find me on Twitter. So, so why a few more followers. 
for wise words about football. That went on a little bit longer than, than planned. I do apologise, but um, no there we go. Uh, but no, good show. Enjoyed that. Yeah, no, it's a nice guy. Good good debate. Good debate on both sides. Um, uh, are you going to Watford? No, uh, no, unfortunately. Again, it's, uh, you know, the, these games where it's fairly local, you know, it's, it's not that difficult there. It's difficult to get a hold of tickets for some of these away games but um no you know, I, i've been there I am, before and um yeah yeah it's, it's it's not it's not a ground to revisit on many occasions <laughs> probably yeah. not yeah you know, i'm purely asking because yeah. i mean i am actually featured in the in the program the match day program this week oh yeah well trying to find somebody that's going because every time that the guy messages me for to, to answer his questions I go, oh, can you send me a, a program because i'm not going can you send me? and he, he he doesn't answer so i'm trying to find somebody that's going oh, <laughs> right. me. i'll, I'll ask around chris and see if anyone can get one are you um are you hoping to get a ticket for the cup game um, I am hoping but i am extremely unlikely that i'm going to because mm. Uh, to, to put it bluntly, it's a shed, you know, um, yeah. Bournemouth, and you know, you, you, there's about 300 fans in, and that that's all it is. And yeah. um, the guy that used to get me the tickets at the club no longer works for the club, and I can't even cheat myself into getting into the Bournemouth end like I used to. Do you not get your uh, BBC accreditation? No. I should. Do. That's a point, actually. I should. Yeah. I should contact the BBC. You know, can Can I go in? Can you? Yes, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a good point. I should. I should ask that, but I don't think it's going to work somehow. <laughs> or, or talk sport. I could be there exactly. man on the ground, couldn't I? Exactly. Yeah. Come on, Chris. Pull some strings. <laughs> no, I'd love. To, I mean, to be totally honest with you, I would love to, but I, I, I just, you know, unfortunately, because of the size of the ground. You know, there's no way that is going to get to where I am on my points to be able to. <laughs> get no, a ticket, me neither. You yeah. know, but uh, but look, have a good weekend, mate. Thank you so good, very mate. much for coming on. Uh, take care, and uh, we'll speak to you. Are you available on Monday when we're doing Sheffield Wednesday? I should be okay. I can say it's going to be a little bit tight, but I should be able to. to, to if get we if we've started, just pop on. Yeah. When you get in, yeah, brilliant. Have oh, a good mate. weekend, and come on, you foxes. Yes. Thanks. See you, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks to Craig there, as always. Um, we are going to be back uh, tomorrow at uh, 7 o'clock for the prediction show. I won't be because I don't do that now because I do a radio show on Monday night, uh, on Friday night, so I concentrate on that. Yeah, all the best, Craig. Thank you so very much uh, for sticking with us. And... Um, so, yeah, join us tomorrow at 7 for the prediction show. And then 2.15, we will be uh, here, as you can see here. Let me just uh, let me just bring this in there. Um, there we go. That will do. Uh, Match Day Live, Saturday at 2.15, um, here live on the show. And we will be doing the uh, pre-match when the teams are announced, the watch-along, and the... Um, post-match reaction as well. If anybody's going to the match and they know somebody that can get me a copy of the programme, give them a shout for me. I would really do appreciate it. But if you are going to the match, check out the programme. I've been answering some questions for Watford. So um, you might not agree with me, but then again, 
nobody ever does ah there we go but thanks so much if you have been watching thank you very much to scott and everybody else in the chat uh thanks to to craig and of course thanks to pete from do not scratch your eyes and um thank you to everybody if you've been listening via your favorite podcast platform i appreciate it take care have a good weekend all the best thanks for watching these videos are tremendous you better like them too or i'll be back The TalkSport Fan Network is the ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Including Leicester Till I Die, independent analysis and reaction for the Foxes faithful. The TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Follow the podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.